Hello and welcome back to another Lost in Possession podcast. Finally, the Premier League football season is back. And now we actually see where we are in the season. Our team's looking like they need to bring in transfers. Ten Hag's had his first game. Not gone very well. Chelsea have made their first win. Away to Everton, Lampard couldn't keep up the Everton curse. And even though starting off the season this year, Arsenal made a better start than against Brentford they did last season. We're going to digest all the fixtures and go into what they may need for the next few game weeks. Are they going to be where they're going to be in the season? Now, I think we should start off with the opening game. Palace versus Arsenal. Obviously ending 2-0 Arsenal. Reese, what did you make of it? Are you happy with what you saw? Or are you expecting more? <laughs> I suppose you can always ask for more. But um, yeah, it was good result. You know, 2-0. So it was a reverse of what happened at the start against Brentford last year, like you mentioned. Um, looked pretty comfortable throughout the game. You know, um, Zinchenko looked great on his debut. Gabriel Jesus looked lively. Um, you know, everybody looked like they were fit and ready. Uh, Salaba. As obviously, um, or Saliba has has won a lot of plaudits for his performance. Um, yeah, it was a good, comfortable, comfortable position. You know, still a bit of sort of rustiness to shake off a little bit. Um, you know, I think Ramsdale didn't exactly do himself any favors with some of his antics on the on the game Friday, and I think that's if he doesn't cut that out, it's going to cost points. Um, yeah, I think I think it was good. I, I do believe if Palace had a 20-goal season striker in front of them, they would have probably been more of a problem. But, yeah, comfortable. And it was important because they beat a team that that thrashed them last year and, and took four points off them last year. So, big, big step in the right direction. Um, but, again, you know, can't look too much into it at this moment in time. It all goes down to how they play against Leicester on Saturday, I think. Jordan, any disagreements? Agreed. No, I think it's a, a good result. I, you know, at the end of the day, we said it last season, away opening game of the, you know, the season, it's always one of those that has the potential to kind of trip you up before you've even got off, off the block. Um, I think Arsenal did well for, for most of the game. Um, lively start, good energy. Um, obviously, off the back of their preseason, it was, you know, could they continue when the, when the pressure was on? I think they did it well um, early on. Uh, Jesus looked pretty lively um, and yeah definitely deserved the lead however um, I do think the second goal obviously it was quite fortunate it was a bit of a cross from Saka I do think Arsenal really needed that because they were I, I can't remember the stats but I think maybe in the second half Palace were just completely dominating the ball although they didn't have enough end product you did feel like Palace were knocking on the door and probably could have got an equaliser um, so the second goal, although it was lucky, was much needed for Arsenal. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll obviously be buzzing about that. 2-0 clean sheet, despite Ramsdale's best efforts. Um, he probably had both teams to score, but lost his bet in the end. Yeah, definitely didn't have any Arsenal defenders in his fantasy, I don't reckon, <laughs> of the way he was playing. But with Arsenal, what I thought was they started well and then they got the goal. And then after that, I think they just sat off where I think some games you're going to need just that killer instinct to try and get that second one quickly. 
obviously it doesn't always happen, but I felt they let Palace get back into the game a bit. That was the only sort of criticism I had. Otherwise, like you said, there was no real, I don't remember any chances really happening that properly worried Arsenal that, yeah, that comes to mind. So I think it's a good performance. We all expected Arsenal to start well due to how well they're looking pre-season and the fixtures they've got. But you've got to learn, you've got to go and beat Leicester next week to keep up this momentum because once the fixtures get a bit harder, these are the games we'll look back on going, we should have picked up three points here, should have picked up three points there. And it's that consistency they need. Um, obviously, Arsenal with Leicester, I think they still will come sort of come with it and go and win their first home game. But it's you don't you got to keep up with that consistency, like I said. Um, if we move on to the next game, the lunchtime on Saturday, which I think I might have to go back on what I said on there when Fulham need to start their pre-season after this game. What did you both make of that shock result, result there? Great, great start to the Saturday, that was. Um, very happy with that. Um, look, I said, I, said, I said last week on our on our you know, pre-season predictions, I said I think Fulham, you know, will surprise a few people and do better than expected. They, they proved me right pretty quickly. Um, they put in a really good shift, started the game well, kept Liverpool, kept Liverpool on the back foot. Mitrovic had somehow had, had Van Dijk in his pocket. I mean, I, I never thought I'd be saying that, but yeah, I, to be fair, obviously the pitch was dry. So I think, you know, what can you do? Um, maybe if there's a wet Should've pitch... Bit more water, yeah. Potentially, the ref should have just called it early. Um, but no, jokes aside, um, Liverpool were too slow to get into the game. Everyone's saying it now, but Nunes should have started. Um, the man loves a flick, and if you you try 10 times in the game, one one will probably come off. Um, but no, Fulham really good value for the for the point. Mitrovic looks good, looks sharp. Um, and I think they're gonna, as I said it last week, I think Fulham are gonna cause some issues this season. Um, they proved it pretty quickly there. What about you, Reese? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Fulham were buoyed by the fact that it's first game of the season. And when you play sort of the big boys on the first game, it's your best opportunity to probably get a result against them. I think they'll rely on their home form this season. There's no doubt about that. And they got off to a decent start. I think what will keep Liverpool up there is that when their backs are against it like that, they're still grinding out a result. So... Yeah, not not really too much to look into. I think I think Darwin Nunes actually put in a fantastic performance when he came on, actually, and gave Liverpool a little bit of life that they, that they actually needed. So, yeah, not not too much to look into. I think it all goes down to how um, Fulham perform next week, and how, of course, how Liverpool perform next week. I think you'd have a better indicator there of where we are with both of them. Yeah, no, that's fair. I thought one thing I thought was. Why was Mitrovic not playing the last time they were in the Premier League? That's something that just is just looking more and more like a bad decision when Scott Parker was in charge. Because obviously last season scored a record amount of goals in the Championship and now two, two in one game against one of the best defences in the league. And then sort of, I think he's, it was some stat I saw going around, he's the only player to dribble and get a penalty from Van Dijk in a game, it's, you know, something that not, no one seems to be able to do apart from him. 
So I don't get why he wasn't playing last time they're around. But like I, like I said, I have to sort of go back on what I said. Fulham, brilliant start to the season for them. I did have them staying up in my sort of table. And I think they're starting well, well enough to make me be right in that. Um, talking of teams that have just got promoted and having a good result, Bournemouth versus Villa. Like, I don't think many of us had Bournemouth winning that. But 2-0 victory over Villa. Jordan, is Gerrard under pressure now, straight away after the first game? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, again, we said on the episode last week, I think Gerrard is one of the most under pressure managers now because he's had a good sort of year and a bit, um, good couple of transfer windows. They've pretty much signed everyone he's wanted. And actually, they've got a very good squad now. Um, so I think he is under pressure. Um, probably a bit early to see the pundits and kind of analysis talking about it. Maybe a few more bad results. might You might see that. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth, fair play. You know, pretty much everyone, every every pundit, all, all three of us had them nailed on for relegation. Um, and if they can try and make their home ground a fortress, you know, get the crowd behind them early, nick an early goal, who knows? We, we could be proven wrong. Um, but Villa... You know, Ings had a couple of shots, but other than that, Villa were were poor. Um, and they'll need to step it up next week. They've got a big game at home to Everton. Um, and if they don't win that, they'll, they'll you know, Gerard will be under serious pressure early on. Yeah, I'll agree. I think, I think you know, even though I had it as a bit of a dull draw, um, I think Aston Villa should really take a look at themselves. I mean, they didn't really seem to prepare for anything, not even set pieces. And, you know, when you've got Bournemouth, who's leading strikers six foot five, you know, they've got some tall players in that team. That's going to be their strongest weapon. Villa just didn't seem to do anything about it. Um, I agree. I think, I think Gerard, the spotlight is on him quite a bit because there's so much of him supposed to, where he's supposed to be taking over Liverpool at some stage. But if he fouls at Aston Villa the time is against him to get it right ahead of a Liverpool appointment. So, yeah, I think pressure's on to him and he has to get a result against Everton on on Saturday. But I don't think both will look too much... In, again, you can't look too much in this game, you know, on the first game of the season. But the way Aston Villa played, I'd be pretty cheesed off if I was Steven Gerrard's first. Yeah, I think he, I think he is under pressure, but... Like, I disagree with you, Jordan, where you say the pundits won't mention it yet. I think the only reason why they're not mentioning it is because he's Steven Gerrard. If he was any other manager, they'd be talking about So if you look at his stats, he has the, the same win percentage as what Gary Neville had at Valencia. Really? And he got rightfully sacked. They've, I think they both had a 35% win percentage that for Gerrard at Villa. And for Neville at Valencia. Wow. Why is he not being like he should be getting slated, really? So I think he's only won something. Yeah, makes up for it. Yeah, he did do a Rangers, but you're now I think they've won two in the last twelve. Like things like that, it's just not good enough. And I don't I don't want this Liverpool biased media not slagging him off because he should be. Yeah. Just on that point, sorry, just a quick one. I think just watching the overlap last week, I think the Everton fan, I think he said on the stats-wise in terms of win percentage as well, Lampard's got a better win record than Gerrard, which seems surprising considering the narratives. And, and not, don't quote me on that, obviously, that's a stat from the overlap. But 
if that's correct, I mean, the narrative couldn't be further, you know, further apart. It was all Lampard can't manage, da, 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 da. and you've not really heard a bad word about Gerard. Um, so I no, think, as I said, obviously, obviously, like Reese said, he's he had the Rangers sort of success, but that shouldn't really matter. You've now come in sort of tip. People always go, "Oh, the Premier League's a different league." He's come from not even like one of the top five leagues. He's come from the Scottish League. It's not a very good league, really, in standard. There's only two teams that are going to win the title. Yeah. And it's kind of, I just feel like he's ma- he should be massively under pressure for what he's what he, he has done because it's not actually been good enough. Um, he's obviously only had one summer transfer window while he's been there. But still, to, if you look at the squad, you think they should be doing better than a 35% win rate. But we'll see if, you know, the pundits actually start giving him stick or they continue sort of, you know, blowing smoke up his arse. You never know. Uh, Moving on to the final promoted team. Unfortunately, they couldn't get any points. Newcastle winning 2-0 against Forest. Um, Jordan, what did you make of that? Have Forest done okay? Is it just Newcastle getting continuing their sort of form from last season? Uh, yeah, I mean Newcastle were really, really impressive. Um, and again, going back to the prediction, you know, I think I had them in my top six. You boys had them seventh. Like they're looking. Obviously, one game is one game at the end of the day at home, but they dominated. They 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 were aggressive. They played well. They were quick. Like everything about that performance was was, was pretty pretty good. Um, and Eddie Howe, obviously, just before the game, signed a long-term deal. I said it last week, and I do I do really think Newcastle could cause some issues. Um, I'll be intrigued. I, I'm not sure when their first kind of big game big game fixture is, but... Third game week is third. against City. Well, there you go. I I, I don't think they're, they're that level yet where I really think they could upset City, but they're on their, you know, they're on the right path for me. Um, but ultimately, their, their real test you know, of what they're made of will come against the big sides. Um, on the flip side for Forest, a bit uninspiring. Um, you know, we did predict, I think we all predicted Forest um, to, to lose that game because of all the signings and everything going on. Um, so, yeah, not 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 early enough to be concerned for Steve Cooper, but as expected, easy, easy Newcastle win. Yeah. What about you, yeah, Exactly the same, you know. This is the real start of Newcastle's new era, really. You know, it's the start of a new season. Everything's, you know, there to get them start building. And, and as you know, when when it's in a good mood, St James's Park is probably the stadium you don't actually want to go to. Um, so yeah, they're always going to take note of take Nottingham Forest to the sword, and simple as that. I think I think Nottingham Forest will be exactly like Fulham. They'll probably rely a lot more on their home record. Um, in order to keep them in the league. And, I, and again, I don't think Forrest would be too disheartened. I think they knew that this sort of thing was coming. Gives them a chance to regroup, know what, you know, know what went wrong and improve on that. Yeah, no, that's sort of fair enough. I think, though, it wasn't quite as straightforward as that. It did take them, you know, till nearly the 60th minute and it was a sort of a brilliant goal by Shaw, like, you don't expect to say that much. You expect him maybe to get a header, but like, you know, when he's scoring a fantastic goal like that, you've got to kind of just 
go okay like we were kept in the game and that's something I think is what their plan was to stay in the game stay in the game frustrate them and then when a goal goes in like that sometimes you just go there's nothing we can do and then obviously I think they probably then Wilson goes he gets his sort of customary goal he seems to get most game weeks um, I think the only disappointing thing for Forrest is they didn't have a shot on target and that's something they've got to improve on really I know it's early on in the season with the sign-ins but you've got you've got to just test the keeper at least doesn't mean it's going to go in but I feel like I feel like this they're still not going to be too concerned I think their season has to start they've got to have a good home record if they want to stay up so they need to do quite well next week um I think I can't remember who they're against. Oh, they're against West Ham. It's not an easy fixture, but you've got to hope the crowd's buzzing for it and that can sort of help them get through it. Um, Moving on, if we go to the next game of Spurs versus Southampton. Now, I think this was one of the more predictable results, I think, of the weekend. Jordan, are you worried for next week's clash of Chelsea versus Spurs? Absolutely not. Um, no, good good start for Spurs. Uh, carried on, you know, lived up to the hype, I guess. Um, Southampton, you know, <laughs> they get an early goal. Good volley from uh, Ward-Prowse. I, I thought they were going to give Spurs a bit of a run for the money, but didn't happen. Conceded quickly after, and it was just one-way traffic. Um, Spurs... Were, were good, but I, I, I can't remember the exact XG. I saw it on match of the day, but their XG was under two um, and they scored four goals. So, you know, you look at that, they weren't, you know, Southampton were more poor than Spurs were good. Maybe that's a bit harsh. And, and obviously Spurs fans would completely, completely disagree with me. Um, but at the end of the day, you win your first home game by three goals, you're absolutely buzzing regardless. Um, as for the big game on Sunday, uh, it is a huge game. You know, the whole narrative of this season is going to be determined for both Chelsea and Spurs on, on this result. Um, if Chelsea win, you know, everyone will maybe be talking, oh, can they actually push the top two? Um, similarly, if Spurs go and beat us, I mean, I can't, I don't want to live in a world where Spurs beat us on Sunday, but it, it, you know, you know what you're going to see in the media, you know what you're going to hear on Facebook, Christ, I, I don't want that to happen. Um, I think it will be a tight game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. You know, <laughs> I'm not bearing Spurs. Um, but it's a huge game early on. I know we're not doing predictions. I do think we'll nick a win. Um, but Spurs are going to come in pretty confident. So it's definitely going to be definitely going to be Super Sunday. Reese, what do you think of sort of forgetting the Spurs side of it? Is our Southampton a bit in trouble? They're going if they're just conceding because every time they play Spurs, they seem to concede at least at least a couple of goals, and they're not changing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Southampton, you know, he's brought in some new young players. You know, their their model is clear, so it's going to take some time to integrate them. You know, I think when you've got a bunch of young kids playing, that you know, you don't really want to be going away to one of the bigger boys, you know, where it could hurt them mentally. I think, you know, me and, me and you were saying uh, sort of off air, Jamie, you know, it's the manner of Southampton's defeats that's the problem. They're not losing 1-0. They're not losing 2-1. They're not losing 
They're losing 4-1, 9-0 twice in a row, 6-0 at home to Chelsea. You know, this is all in recent years as well. We're not even saying, you know, 1999 results. We're saying, you know, within the last three, four years, they're heavy, heavy defeats. And and Hassan Hootel's a good coach, but it's not good enough. You know, I know I know Southampton will want to stay in the division, but you can't keep getting battered so heavily like that. You know, it's it's not on and, and they could be on for another hiding if they're not careful when they play away to City or, you know, anyone like that. So I think I think Southampton fans will be concerned, but like, I don't think there's any need to panic because, again, it is the first game of the season. You know, they're going to have to rectify it on Saturday. I think they're at home to Leeds, which is a very winnable game. But if Leeds beat them, I think I think there'll be a bit of discontent growing amongst the fans. Yeah, like, like I said, we discussed that off air. The fact that they lose these games, I if I can't remember, um, I think I predicted the three 0 Spurs last week. Obviously, it's just I know they're going to concede goals. They don't seem to learn because <clears throat> it's sort of like I know it is a different Spurs side, but. Spurs are a very good attacking side and they still just they just don't learn to think, right, we're going to hold our line and do that. They've, I've watched them do it. That's the problem I have. They do do it. But then when they concede one, it seems like they're just going to go and concede three or four. Like I've watched them against City, like I think it was last season. It was, well, funnily enough, Sal Sue scored an own goal on the weekend. When he played against City, he had his best game of his life, kind of. thing it's just I think sometimes they have mistakes like that you just have to go whatever that happened but I feel like conceding this many all the time is just a really big issue for them and to be fair Spurs it was an expected home win on the start of the season it's now when they play Chelsea that is going to show where they're at I don't expect them to blow away Chelsea but I am sort of edging towards the Spurs victory. I know Jordan will not want to hear that. Um, and to be fair, I don't actually want to hear the comments or see the comments of a Spurs win because they will be talking about a title title win. Like they want they want to be paid out like Paddy Power sort of do with <laughs> the early payouts. That's what they want. Uh, but Spurs moving will be on Spurs. from yeah, Spurs will be Spurs <laughs> most likely. Um to the next game of Leeds versus Wolves. Now, I think, you know, we've all had sort of like talks about Wolves where I think, Reese you had them in the bottom four, four or five. Um, Are they, yeah, about was, that, was that exactly what you expected from Wolves? Sort of playing Leeds, a team that's probably going to be around the same position as them and go and lose because they can't mm. score enough goals. Yeah, the goal scoring's a problem. Um, you know, they they lost two one, so they got a goal. Um, uh, Chan got got it for Wolves. You know, I think if he can be more consistent, then then they'll be okay. Um, I believe they're signing another striker. I think I know they've let Connor Cody go, and I think that's a real big loss for them. You know, if they want to survive in the division, you want leaders, and I would probably argue he's their main leader. So where's Cody gone? I must have missed that one. Gone to Everton. He's going, going to Everton. Everton. I don't think oh, it's. Wow. I don't think it's confirmed yet. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I've not seen not seen confirmation for that. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge for Everton. Tarkovsky yeah. and Cody. That will yeah. sort your defence out. That's bait. That's bait. But it's also worrying for Wolves because 
Yeah. Their, their main bit has been a, a good defensive side. And like you were saying, Reeves, Cody's their leader. It's yeah. a very strange one, that. Yeah, I've seen that they've been linked with um, a Valencia player who, of course, is another Mendes uh, client. Um, <laughs> Goncalo Guides at Valencia. Now, he, he is a good player. You know, in a Valencia team that is a bit of a shambles anyway, you know, I can't really dig too much into him, but he could be their answer. But at the moment, they really need to sort of get themselves sorted. Um, it's disappointing to lose to Leeds for them, but let's be honest, Leeds have a little bit more reason to be optimistic. I think Wolves, you know, they're struggling with the money and I think it could be a long, hard graph for them this season. But yeah, you know, 2-1... Two one defeat. You know, if, if they would have lost four one, then yeah, obviously it's something to be concerned with. But I think I think for them they should make sure as long as they survive, they should be happy. Don't be too bothered if they don't finish fourteenth. You know, it's it's not calamity in their current situation. What about you, Jordan? What do you make of the sort of Leeds performance under um, March? Now? Good. I I don't think Leeds were that good. I don't think they really dominated. I, I think Wolves actually probably had more chances. Um, so it's one of those. I, I don't... If if Wolves are genuinely selling Cody, maybe Roosh, you might be right. They're probably not... You know, that mid-table position or maybe pushing the top eight probably won't happen if, if they're going to, you know, lose a leader of, of that importance. But yeah, it's one of those games. I don't think, you know, Wolves will be too concerned losing there. It's just one of those games that really could have gone either way. Um, Aronson, the new signing for Leeds, looks sharp. Um, he'll be a big, he'll definitely play a big role in, in their success or failure this season. Um, but again, yeah, home win on opening day is always good for confidence, especially with a kind of new manager-ish. Um, so yeah, they'll be happy with that. Yeah, I think that sort of like after the season last year with, they weren't sure if they were staying up. A good start home win is what they wanted. Um, I think, yeah, they, as long as, I think they need to keep like Bamford fit. And if he keeps fit, I think that will massively tell the difference from last season where they just didn't have him. He will bring up, he'll bring up the goals. Um, with Wolves, yeah, um, I think it was Podence who got the goal actually. Yeah. But it's kind of, these players will need to start scoring more. Otherwise, Wolves will be in trouble. Um, but if, yeah, and letting Cody go, I think is something that could be a worry, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. He might just want out. Um, speaking of the team that he's going to then, Everton versus Chelsea. Now, that end up obviously a 1-0 win for Chelsea. Jordan, what did you make of Chelsea's performance. Um, I'm glad I had a pint of Guinness in my hand whilst watching the game. Um, it was it was it was slow. It was boring. Um, it wasn't a, a vintage performance from us or Everton. To be to be honest, um, from our side, I mean, you know, a, a ground we haven't won at in the league since 2017. Opening day to get a win, an away win, and a clean sheet. Pre-match, you take that happy days. Um, I don't think, although it was quite a boring game, a bit of a slow game, you know, I don't think the injury early on to Godfrey helped. And then there was another injury to me. It just felt like one of those games where kind of it was a bit slow. Players were getting injured, didn't really help the pace of the game. Um, Everton didn't really push us enough. 
Um, and I don't think we needed, you know, we didn't get out of first gear, but but also we didn't need to get out of first gear. Um, so yeah, Kula Bally impressed. Um, Sterling looked sharp, to be fair, obviously got the goal, but it was offside annoyingly. Um, Broya, when he came on, um, he looks, you know, obviously he, he was only on sort of 15, 20 minutes, but he's got pace. I did not realise he had as much pace as he does. Um, and we know he's got strength. We saw last season he can finish if he gets the chance. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see more of Broya, but playing down the middle. Um, Gallagher would have liked to see him get more minutes as well. Um, I think he would have helped with that intensity of the game. But, yeah, at end of the day, away win, first game of the season, clean sheet, not having, not having any real sweat, not having to get out of first gear. Um, I think we'd, we'd take that, really. Um, an early criticism of us would be that we need a bit more killer instinct. Um, you know, you saw yesterday, I, we'll talk about the City game in more detail, but I actually, you know, being honest, I, I was kind of falling asleep watching the City game as well. It was quite similar to the Chelsea Everton game. Where it was just like City just had all the ball. West Ham didn't really do anything. It was just slow and methodical. Um, the difference is City get the second goal. You know, yes, it was boring. Yes, it was slow. Not the most interesting watch. But at the minute, that's the difference between us and City. They kill a game even when maybe they're not playing great. Um, and that's what I need to see out of us if we can really challenge for the title. Um, yeah, as for Everton, just a quick point on them. Pretty uninspiring, but obviously they've had the injuries. Calvert-Lewin's out. Gordon playing up front. You know, uh, it won't be in midfield. It's a bit of a makeshift game. So I don't think they'll be panicking just yet. Reese, what about you? What did you think? Are, are you worried about Everton? No, no, not really. I think, I think, I think putting all their hopes on Anthony Gordon is is worrying because even though he looks a good player, that's a lot for him to have to bear the brunt of. Um, so I think they need to get themselves a striker in, even if it's just a loan, get somebody in to ease that pressure. Um, they didn't really look threatening, um, really against Chelsea. I'd argue that you know Chelsea got the penalty; it was a penalty, but. You know, they didn't massively look like that, you know, they were going to win comfortably. Um, so I'd argue that both teams need an out-and-out striker, I suppose. But, yeah, nothing nothing really major to look into, I'd say. It was just a standard win for Chelsea, which they needed. You know, a lot of people have put them under the, you know, under the cost straight away and, and some don't even think they're going to get top four. So... Some don't think they're even going to get top six, so... I did, oh, that's a bit harsh. Who's saying I mean. that? Get them on the podcast. I'll have a word. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we do have to have a word with them, but they're probably still tucked up in their padded cells. So <laughs> I think, yeah, nothing, nothing really to look into. Uh, I think Everton, you know, they they need to get off to a, a good start eventually, but I think they expected this sort of beginning, and and yeah, nothing really. Well, I think the opposite to be to be honest. I'm really concerned for Everton. They, because to be honest, they got to the part, I think the part of the pitch that they could have had goals really. And like, even when Deli Ali came on, he looked like he could, he wasn't going to do anything. He looks like he's pretty much gone as a, like a player. Um, 
I think, like I said in the sort of score prediction last week, I think Chelsea are very happy that are playing Everton game week one. Because I don't think you were great. And I feel like if you had a team that's a bit more clinical, maybe someone who, maybe like, I don't know, like I know Villa weren't great, but let's say they had Ings up front. Someone like that probably would have scored because I don't think you were that great defensively or in attack. And But one thing that was slightly concerning was Kula Bali going down in the 60th minute with cramp. Yeah. Like 80th minute, yes. When you one new up, 60th minute, that's slightly concerning. And obviously it got documented an age of 100 between the three centre-backs you had. I... Maybe you do need the Fafana sort of signing. Well, you've got Cucurella as well, actually, thinking about that. Yeah, he looked but just to, yeah, he Yeah, he did, but he was also on the left, which is not in that centre-defensive role. Yeah. So it's more, will that actually come to bite you? Because I don't think both of them... Well, Kudabali needs a bit more fitness, it looks like. Yeah, he didn't have the longest pre-season. Um, no. I, I no, agree, that there's that, levels... Yeah. There's levels to the Premier League. 60th, and that was a good example. 60th minute is not good enough. No, no, no <laughs> it's no, kind of like not. I think even we lost 60 minutes. Maybe not Premier League standard, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, moving on to um, the comeback, technically of the weekend, Leicester versus Brentford. Now, I was very happy with my double Leicester goalie choice in fantasy when they went two new up. How that went to pot. Jordan, what did you make of sort of the Leicester-Brentford game? Sort of most goals, <laughs> quite a lot yeah. of goals a weekend. Yeah, it wasn't televised, so I've not I've not actually had a chance to properly review the highlights. But um, yeah, I, I was shocked. You know, I, I made it clear my prediction was actually Brentford nicking a win. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised when Leicester were two new up that it was that easy. Um, and lo and behold, they then <laughs> bottled it. So... Yeah, not, not surprising there. We, we, we gave the reasons last week why Leicester are going to struggle. Um, I do stand by that. Um, until they've got clarity on Fafana and Madison or bring players in, um, I think there's going to be a few kind of poor weeks from them. And, and Arsenal away next week, I think Arsenal will probably win that fairly easily. Reese. Yeah, I mean, fair play to Brentford. They, they're, I like their attitude. They don't know when they're beat. You know, they're not afraid to go to Anfield and, you know, give it a go. They're not afraid to go to Stamford Bridge, give it a go, whereas so many teams, including big clubs, you know, will, will back off. They, they've they gone for it. And they went 2-0 down. And I, I wasn't mainly surprised that they were losing, but the way they come back so quickly, you know, they, they've got the spirit that, that would keep them in this division. You know, I, I still don't see it, but massive win. Um, But, yeah, disappointing for Leicester, but... You know, with their current situation where they've got to balance the books, you can't really blame Rogers too much. It's not all his fault. Leicester have got a lot of things to sort out right now. You know, they've got, I think they've got the most registered players in the league. Their wage bill is, is a joke, really. It's very high. And because of that, they can't shift their players. So it's all good making £80 million on Fofano. But what about the rest of the 24 players you've got? What are they all worth together? If you include Madison, probably only the £50 million. You know, so they've they've got a lot they need to sort out. A lot of people praise their project, but now it's really showing how it was going to slow down eventually. So, yeah, they need to get themselves themselves down and and get going again. But yeah, it's quite quite a concern for them. Yeah, I've got to agree with you on the sort of project side of things. Everyone's like going, 
well, they got 80 for Maguire, you know, and not, like other sales that they're going to get a lot of money. They could get a lot of money for maybe for Fana as well. In terms of the performance, sort of like, I feel Leicester probably just switched off. They went 2 0 up and they probably thought we've won this. Mm. And like you say, Brentford don't give up. Poor mentality um, from Leicester there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did it against Spurs last season where they conceded, you know, two 94th and 96th minute goals. It's something that they switch off. They need to sort of massively improve on but fair play to Brentford for doing that like not every team will manage to do it um now going on to another I don't know if you can call it a shock anymore Brighton beating United 2-1 there's nothing better than hearing that result when I was in the stadium at West Ham Jordan <laughs> do you want to start us off with you what what is going on at United Look, I said, you know, I, I said it. I've made my feelings clear about Man United. It's another hype train. New manager, weak signings. This isn't a surprise anymore. This isn't a shock. Them winning, them losing at home was not surprising remotely. Um, you know, so many times last season, they got outplayed at home by sort of average to good, um, average to good opposition. Um, Brighton, we know we're a good side. Potter, I mean... <laughs> You've lost, you've lost your best two players, arguably, and you're going to beat United on the on the opening day. Silly, silly. So fair play to Potter. As for United, again, to, to reiterate what I've said, they're broken. They're absolutely broken. And and we, you know, Ten Hag's a good manager, but he he, you know, how many good managers have walked through the door since for Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson and not delivered? There's something broken about this squad, and I don't know what it is, you know, but it, until the players and, and the, the squad and, and the rebuild really begins, they're not going to improve. It doesn't matter who's the manager. Um, you know, you've got Ronaldo wanting out. You know, you've got a four-foot-six centre-back. You know, they've got, you know, Christian Eriksen playing up front. Um, you know, Eriksen, I think we've all said he's, he's quality, he's got experience, but he is a little bit past it. And He's absolutely not a false nine and he's, he's not, you know, he's not Ronaldo up front. So you look at the squad, you look at the players, regardless of the new era, regardless of pre-season and the fact they've got a good manager, it's not good enough. Um, and, and, and the way they're going, they might just be, you know, they might be battling the bottom half. Who knows? They might even get relegated. Yeah, I mean... I mean, let's be honest, when the whistle blew, Brighton went straight up there and had a chance. You know, I don't think... I think it, it's, it was a strange one because you're right, they started Ericsson as a false nine, which I thought didn't make sense. You know, Fred and McTominay again disappointed. It was it was very, very, very bang average performance. I think, I think Ten Hag won't be too disappointed because at the end of the day, it doesn't take five minutes to work your philosophy in your project so it's going to take time to implement that i get it um i think what will disappoint ten hard the most is yes they scored a goal but like even the goal they scored wasn't a finish was it it wasn't you know rashford drilling I was just it about in. It to say that it wasn't <laughs> something from like open play it, it was like a bundled in goal you know and and to me i'd be disappointed because it's like you 
if a goal is a goal, but it wasn't a moment of quality from anyone on that pitch. And that's what would disappoint me the most. I would understand the loss because it's like, okay, I can see where the project's going. I can see where, you know, at least you could be like, look, we hit the post three times, you know, we clearly are better from set pieces. You know, he, he drilled it into the bottom, you know, it was just poor. It was, it was shambolic. I've just watched it back, I've just watched it back and, and you're, you're so right. So Dallow is from a corner. Dallow's headed the ball across the box. So it's not even a shot. It's then hit the keeper, hit the back of Dallow's arm. And then the keeper's tried to save it and then pushed it onto the knee of the Brighton defender who's then kicked it in. So it's not yeah, even true. a shot. <laughs> it's the worst goal you'll ever see. That's what would um, disappoint me. Is I know you want things when you're desperate and you think, okay, I'll take anything. But they didn't look like they were going to do anything else that game. And, and they can't rely on a poor bit of goalkeeping to to scrape them a result. So I think they'll go back to the drawing board and, and work out what they need to do. But I think they're going to need a striker, which sort of goes on to my question, really. I know a lot of coaches, particularly lower down the chain, talk about the transfer window should be slammed shut before the season starts, which, of course, they tend to be these managers that when that did happen, they then moaned about it and demanded it be open until the end of the month, you know. Um, but I want to know is, you know, should the transfer window be shut because before the season starts? Because you look at United then, what can they do? They're stuck for a long time. Or do you think let it stay open because someone like Ten Hag could then look at this and go, right, I clearly need to put in this player. I need to put in this player. That gives me a few days to get this right. What do you both think? Jamie, I'll start with you. The problem of the last time they tried to sort of shut it by the start of the season, because I do believe it should be shut day before you start the season. But you've got to get every seat, every league doing the same that was the problem because if if you sold someone between now and the end of the month and your window's closed that's the problem that's where the problem arises with the sort of ten hog sort of example you're giving you know i'd have had all summer to do this business they knew when ten hog was coming in months ago then he can say what players he wanted it's not rocket science to do a bit of your business early City side Alvarez and Haaland before this summer window. Sort of, you can do it before. You don't have to wait till the sort of last minute. It's just the disorganisation at United is dreadful. It just is. It's brilliant for me to see, but it's just awful. And I, I'm fed up of hearing Neville talking about it. Like it's every year, same thing. It's from it's bad from top to bottom, and it is. But is anything actually going to change? No, and we're going to hear it next week, next game they lose when they play Liverpool in a few weeks' time. Liverpool are probably going to go and beat them five 0 again, and they're going to go exact same narrative. Glazers need to go. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. Ten Hag has it is a mission impossible. But I'm sorry, but why are you starting McFred? At, like Fred, why why are they both there? Why are they starting? They're not good enough. McTominay doesn't start centre mid for Scotland. If you're not starting your position for Scotland, you're not good enough for United. You're not good enough for a European club. It's it just baffles me. Van Van der Beek must. I'd be packing my bags, leaving because we've even got a Dutch coach come in 
and he still won't start you. Like what? And you're looking, I'm watching, I'll be watching that every week, get being like, how am I not playing? It's it's just shambolic with the whole Ronaldo situation. I think Ten Hag is, is out of his control with in that one. Ronaldo's come wants to leave because of last season, really, rather than him. So he's in a difficult situation there. Saying he'd want him, but it's not going to work. Now, obviously, Martial was meant to be sort of he started doing well pre-season. But like Roy Keane said, he's not the man. Otherwise, he would have been the man for the past, what, three or four years they've had him now. He's not the answer. And so they do need a striker. But they've still not really solved the main issue they had last season, a centre-defensive midfielder. So I don't, I just don't get what's going on in that club because they needed signings. They needed to do kind of what Chelsea have done and gone and bought, we've bought, what, four players now? They needed that. They need more. They need more, and they've bought in. Obviously, you're being a bit dramatic. A four foot six defender, but it's just not inspiring at all. Long may it continue, but I'd be, I'd just be fed up if I was United. There's yeah. nothing. But yeah. I want to get back to be honest to the match. Brighton, Brighton have sort of just got United's number at the moment. Absolutely battered them at the end of last season, and they've now gone to Old Trafford and gone and picked up a two-one win. And like you said, the goal that United scored, dread, dreadful. So it's sort of very sort of inspiring for Bright Brighton to you know keep going along with their season, and maybe maybe more pie will just put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> he hasn't for the past few seasons, but they won't. They're not signing another striker. And he well back. So I don't know. Well, he got well back up front. He started, yeah, he started just yesterday, but it's one of them. He's not good enough. They do need a striker, but they've started well and it can continue for them. Now, coming on to the last game of the weekend, West Ham versus Man City. John, you've slightly touched upon it. You You weren't that thrilled with the game. Is there sort of like are you concerned sort of West Ham just didn't look at it or City obviously didn't look at it either? Is that kind of what was your sort of thing there? Why was it like boring is the way you put it? So West Ham had a really good two minutes and then just thought, nah, that, that'll do. Um, didn't, didn't, didn't go in and just thought, no, can't be bothered. Um, you talked about Fulham kind of starting their season next week. I, I think that's kind of what West Ham are going to do. Um you know, City were good, but City just, you know, probably had 90% possession, just passed it around sort of defence and, you know, West Ham didn't put up enough fight or enough press to really worry City. City were just happy to kind of pass it round. I don't think, I still don't think you were that good. And then you just, you know, similar to, I, the reason I compared it to Chelsea was because we weren't that good. We were slow. Then we just got a penalty. And it was the same with City. You know, you weren't that good. You were slow passing the ball, a lot of possession. West Ham didn't force you to do anything. Um, and then you just got a penalty and it was like, right, well, that's it. Um, so, yeah, sim similarly kind of boring for me in that respect. Um, Harlan did really well for the pen um, and that will just kind of get the monkey off his back. You know, the media going, oh, he's a flop, etc. Um, and if he's on pens, obviously, to kind of, I guess, <laughs> stat pad a little bit, he's definitely going to be getting 20, 30 goals this season if he's on pens. Um, 
And again, going back to the point, the difference is, again, I don't think City were that good in the second half either. It was a bit just kind of past the ball round the back. Again, you didn't need to do any more. West Ham weren't really doing anything. So you didn't need to really get out of first gear. Um, but again, KDB and Harlan linking up already. And that, I said it earlier, that's the difference. You know, you can kill a game even when you're not playing well, even though West Ham, you probably didn't need to kill the game, but you did anyway. Um, and for me, that's the difference at the minute, you know, between kind of Chelsea and, and, and City. Um, Reese, just to go back a step, just to touch on your point about United again, um, I, with the transfer window, um, I, I think it should be the way it is now. Like, I, I don't think it's fair for Prem clubs to shut the window and then get ravaged by Barcelona, Hijack FC, um, with their bouncing checks. I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that does any favours to, to the Prem. Um, but I agree. If you, if you can get your business done early, like City did this year, then do it. Um, and it's, yeah, stress-free for everyone. Yeah, good point. I think I think a bit too critical on City there, I think, at the end of the day, that's what makes you champions. You don't have to go and win 4-0. If anything, that leaves you more exposed. They got the first goal. You know, they knew it, created a few more chances, got the second game over. You know, that's when you know you're a good team, when you know you make it 2-0 and you treat the game as over. They didn't even look under threat at all. You know, um, I think I think it was a typical David Moyes start of the season, slow start. Um, again, so many teams now are under pressure in the second game because it seems that all the teams that got off to a pretty poor start or an average start are all facing each other next weekend. So a lot of teams could be two defeats down before, you know, they even got to the third game, which means they're already playing catch up. But City looked good. City looked good. And, and they're not, they didn't even enter, you know, second gear or, or whatever. So, yeah, I think, I think Premier League looks like it's going to be quite a, quite a good, easy one for City this year. Um, I kind of agree with Reese. I think, Jordan, you're being quite harsh on our performance. I think we looked a lot more solid, say, than, say, the Chelsea game. Like, I'm not saying it was a thrilling game because it wasn't, but the way we kept sort of probing at them is what we do. We'll pass it to the side, wait till the gap arrives, play a ball down the line, one, two down the line kind of thing. That's kind of the way we will play. But, yes, like you said, with Haaland's run, very well to get the penalty because I don't think most strikers would have got that just because of that little extra pace he's got and I think as your tech said his lanky legs managed to sort of you know get there um, with his penalty though it was sort of like we don't know who was going to take the penalty to start the season everyone was sort of like oh I don't know if he should take it because if he misses the media will be on him like, like anything but he's there to score goals. If he's he's going to be too scared to take a penalty, he's probably not the right man to be this massively hyped striker. Um, with his second goal, he did not look like missing, I thought. He, most people, I because when he got it, I was like, right, he's going to take a touch, put it on his left, curl it in. No, didn't need that body right goal. He didn't look like missing and it was sort of brilliant, Haaland is here. That is what we wanted. That's how we wanted to start the season. But one thing that I wanted to bring back about other players, um, 
Rodri was fantastic. And if you didn't have the sort of, you know, the hype around Haaland and him getting two, obviously, I think he was man the match because any time West Ham went on the half counter-attack, half attack, Rodri was the guy who won every ball. I don't know how many tackles he made. I think Neville made a sort of saying he's he's close to the sort of Busquets prime level. And he, he just is fantastic at mopping everything up at the moment, which he didn't do against Liverpool in the Community Shield. He just lacked that. I think it was just that, probably that lack of match fitness. But he looked great. And obviously, I think it's now interesting that it's a top of the table clash between City versus Bournemouth. It's going to be a thrilling one. I don't know how that's not, you know, the main game on the telly. Don't need Spurs and Chelsea. Need City, Bournemouth. But obviously, I think it's a good start for City because West Ham away can be a difficult place to go. Like we saw it last season, they went 2-0 up in the first half against us. So that's where I feel like the cautious sort of passing it around keeping the ball, don't let them have any chances was the reason. Because the only chances they got, apart from the first two minutes, was due to our errors. Cancelo tried to play a ball across the pitch and messed it up. And then there was a second one where Rice put it over in the second half. So other than that, they just didn't look at it. I think they'll obviously probably do, like I said, yeah, with the sort of Fulham one, their season will start now. Because... You you do right. You most teams will write off the games against City and Liverpool because you know we, we've been so consistent. But I'm very happy with the start of the season. It obviously, like Pep said though, with the Haaland situation was, oh he's you he's crap like last week, and now he's up there with the best strikers ever. It's kind of one of them sort of scenarios, isn't it, where the media and fans are just so fickle that every week there's just a new storyline about him. I'm sure someone will call him crap because he's missed a shot in training this week. And that's just the way it goes, isn't it? So that's game week one. That does. That wraps us up nicely. A lot of games to look forward to, obviously, next week. And plenty to disagree with us, as always. Um, So if you're not in our FPL... You can still join our FPL League. You've got one week and then we're cutting it off. Um, all our details for that are on our Instagram page. Um, but outside of that, like the video, comment, subscribe. You know the drill. Here we go.